In the name of God, who has made us and who loves us and keeps us. Amen. Moses looked up, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. I've seen them, too. And every time, like Moses, I have to turn aside and look at the impossible sight in front of me. Each and every blazing bush. It's azalea season, y'all. There is holy ground everywhere I look. I love azaleas, evergreen until spring when a single bud appears and opens among those waxy leaves and woody stems, a flash of pink or purple or red or white. There's another flash and then another, and then suddenly the whole bush is ablaze with blooms in shades so deeply saturated they change the color of the air around them. When I was little, azaleas filled the woods around my grandmother's house, along with dogwoods and weeping cherries, cheerfully welcoming the arrival of spring. And now, every spring, my family knows, and you should be warned, that it will take me longer to get places as I slow down or follow a winding way to see as many burning bushes as I can. And we have a few azaleas at our house, Fuchsia light filters in from the bushes at the back door. An azalea out front is covered with coral flames, and another one burns bright pink. The corner of our front porch should be purple, but it's not. Everything else has bloomed except for that one azalea. There's a bud or two, but they've been there for a week or more. I thought they might open over this weekend, but no. Surely this little bush will, in the end, burst out in a blaze of beautiful flowers. I will admit, though, at this point, to some frustration and worry on my part. Bloom already. For three years, I have come looking for fruit in this fig tree, and still I find none said the man in Jesus' parable. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? And it made sense. It was reasonable. Bloom already. Who would have room for a plant that doesn't produce? Something else could grow there. Another vine, another fig tree, one that would bear fruit. Why should it be wasting the soil? It was a parable So, of course, it wasn't really about figs. They had come to Jesus with questions about sin and suffering, about righteousness and reward, about actions and consequences, about what made sense, what was reasonable. But Jesus wasn't going to give them any easy answers. Jesus was going to make the people grow. He began, a man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. And already it sounds like another story that they knew, another story we know, about another garden 
filled with fruit trees, perhaps figs, we think, an apple. We were supposed to be fruitful, but we were found full of sin, growing wild, and we were cast out. And it almost happens again in this parable. The man said to the gardener, I was looking for fruit and found none. Cut it down. And whether the people thought that Jesus was talking about figs or understood that he was talking about faithfulness, they would have agreed with that landowner's sensible, reasonable judgment. But the gardener replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year. Let it alone. In Greek, a face, which also means forgive. Sir, forgive it, the gardener pleads. And who knows why the tree bears no figs? It may be sick. It may be tired. It may be under attack. It may be weather-beaten. It may be willful. Who knows? The gardener only knows and cares that it may not be too late, that there may yet be fruit in its future. Let me dig around it, he says. Put manure on it. Well, parables grow too if we dig around them and tend them, and water them, and spread a little fertilizer of prayer and patience around them. Meaning opens up in the parable here and there, another flash and another, until the whole story is ablaze. Perhaps we are like the landowner, frustrated by what looks like laziness and waste, quick to judge. Perhaps we are like the fig tree, dismissed as hopeless and fruitless and lifeless, eager for one more chance, ready to recommit. Perhaps we are like the dirt, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, that just needs a little more tilling, a little more digging, a little more help, to be fertile and creative and fruitful. The gardener is ready to help us change, to help us grow, to help us learn to garden holy ground. This year, the middle of Lent has arrived at the beginning of spring, the perfect place to plant a parable about repentance, A story about not staying the same as we have been. A story about becoming something new. Whatever it is that keeps us from blooming, from bearing figs. Whatever keeps us from being fruitful as God intended. Whatever our sins and their consequences are. We are not doomed to destruction. No, in fact, in our repentance, 
our turning from the ways, the old ways that diminish life in us and in others around us, and following the one who gives new life to us and those around us. We change, not just into a tree bursting with figs, but into amateur gardeners ourselves. It's messy getting down in that dirt, not to mention the manure, turning over the soil and spreading a little resurrection around the roots. But just look at what grows in such a garden. Mercy, kindness, reconciliation, generosity, and joy. It often took time for parables to bear fruit in the disciples' lives. Who, long, who knows how long it will take for us to let it be, for us to forgive, for us to become more like Christ, for our lives to bear fruit. Will one year be enough? In the words of that lovely prayer from our Right One liturgy, God is the same Lord whose property is always to have mercy. Not just once, but always to have mercy. Perhaps in the parable, one year from now, the gardener will return again and ask for yet another year, yet another season of turning and returning the soil, of repentance and growth. It doesn't make sense. It isn't reasonable. But here we are, writes author and pastor Nancy Rockwell. Here we are, despite our sinfulness, not cut down. We have a little more time. Fruitfulness is ours to choose, she says. An act of faith, an act of beauty, a work of justice, extending our time into another season. There's still time in this season of Lent to dig around, to practice prayer and patience and penitence, to look forward in hope as spring now reminds us that winter does not last, as life reminds us now that death does not last. And even more surely than I just know that my purple azalea is going to bloom, God knows that we, too, will soon burst out in a blaze of beautiful new life our faces turned to the risen sun. Amen.